Hey, classical classmates, it's your host, Aisha. Okay, so we're a little bit late hosting our Hanukkah episode this year. It's the last day of Hanukkah, by the way, as I record uh, the opening to this episode. But anyway, think of the interview that you're about to hear with Cantor Benjamin Matus, which was actually recorded in 2013, as our guilt to you at the close of this holiday. Hope you had a great time spinning dreidels, eating oily food, spending time with your families. And by the way, look for our Christmas episode coming up next week. And while you wait for Santa to bring our Christmas episode, give us a little gift by going to your computer, logging into iTunes, and subscribing to us, rating, and reviewing us. I really enjoyed reading some of the latest reviews that have come in. You guys are hilarious. Thank you so much. I'm going to shut up. Hope you enjoy this episode. Happy Hanukkah. My name is Daisha Clay. I'm the audio librarian here at Classical 91.7. While I'm a real librarian, I have a deep, dark secret. I know very little about classical music. I grew up listening to rock. And I know something about jazz. But when it comes to classical... But I really want to learn. So... Every week on this show, a classical music expert will give me a piece of classical music they think I should know, and then we'll discuss it. Come learn with me in the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the classical classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and here with me today uh, for a very special Hanukkah edition of the Classical Classroom is Cantor Benjamin Matus from the Shelter Rock Jewish Center in Roslyn, New York on Long Island, which I am told exists. Um, Benjamin Matus went to the Peabody Conservatory and um, Ben is going to be teaching me, I think, about, about the music of Hanukkah today. Is that correct, Ben? That would be correct, yes. Awesome. All right, young lady, I expect you to uh, take proper notes. <laughs> will do. And if you, it will be on the exam. <laughs> you know, we actually had a show where I took an exam. I did terribly. I like and a, why didn't you, like why a, didn't you review? I, Todd wouldn't let me. Ah, <laughs> uh, it, it used to be called, a million years ago when Todd and I first went to school, this was such a thing as drop the needle test because they still had records. Uh-huh. So by the time we graduated from college, it was drop the laser beam because you know, everything, all the records were gone. Uh-huh. So they used to you know, just <laughs> put it in the, the CD player beam. and go, you know, uh-huh. so drop the laser beam it is. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he due to um, his rules, I, I failed miserably. I blame him. Yeah. So first, before we uh, get going, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Hanukkah? Because I know that that we all have some preconceived notions of what it is. That there are dreidels, we know. There are some candles. But tell, give us give us the story of Hanukkah. You know, I'm very tempted to ask for like the uh, the opening credits music from Star Wars now, so I can just give you the. <laughs> You know, this long narration. So uh, here's the story. Uh, after the death of Alexander the Great, you remember him? You know, he sure. was in a yeah. movie a couple of years we ago. You go way back. Uh, yeah, right, with the yeah. elephants and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, his empire then um, was divided by his generals. And one of his generals, uh, the followers of this general, were referred to as the Seleucids, and they lived in uh, Syria. And they were perpetually fighting for dominance of the region with the Ptolemaean dynasty that was in uh, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of these kings of the Seleucids, his name was Antiochus Epiphanes. 
which is a very schmancy way of saying Antiochus, I'm the greatest. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Antiochus Epiphanes uh, conquered uh, uh, Judea, and um, instead of letting the Jews do what they do, he decided to convert all of them to uh, idolatry, to uh, Greek idolatry specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he defiled the holy temple in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. uh, and he put idols up, and he had them sacrifice pigs on the altar, and all sorts of big Jewish no-nos, right. uh, to say the least. Uh, so there's one family of, called the Hasmoneans, or who take the nickname the Maccabees, which means hammers. Ah, yes, the Maccabees. Become, I know about the Maccabees. They become, they become the hammers, the Hebrew <laughs> hammers, and uh, they decide to take on uh, the Greeks, and they win. After a very long, very bloody war. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go into the temple, finally, to uh, celebrate a holiday called Sukkot, which uh, the uh, feast of um, booths. Uh-huh. And um, the they Sukkot, discover that— isn't, isn't that the one where you there's there's like a, uh, a room that you go into that you, that you actually construct? Is that correct? Yes. It's a okay. little booth you build outside, and it's ah. kind of fun because you have dinner outside with your family. And, yeah, and you have a, a roof that you can kind of see through. It's cute. Um, it's really fun, actually. So they were going to try to celebrate Sukkot, but they came in and the uh, the temple was so defiled that they had to clean it completely and rededicate the temple. Hence the name of the holiday, which comes, which basically means rededication. Ah, okay. You know, so Chanukah comes from uh, root Chinuch. So it it means basically to dedicate, to, to rededicate. And uh, so they went ahead and they cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and they got rid of ready and they got rid of all the idols, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which took weeks and weeks and weeks to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, they realized they only had one purified, sealed container of olive oil left. So this is where the story gets funky. <laughs> According to the book of Maccabees, there's, there's no such reference to this oil uh-huh. at all, none. On the other hand, in the Talmud, centuries and centuries later, because the uh, the rabbis of the Talmud disliked, for a lot of political reasons, intensely disliked the Hasmonean dynasty, which was established then. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you, everything with Jews is complicated. It gets very complicated. <laughs> so they made up this they, – they came up – they found this story of the, the one bit of oil that lasts for eight days. Mm-hmm. So H- it's, Hence the uh, eight candles. Hence the eight days, right. Okay, yeah. so you start off with one candle, and then each night gets brighter. Uh-huh. So you add another candle each night. Yeah. How has this sort of evolved into current Hanukkah celebrations? Like, uh, I mean, now I know there are, you know, you get a present every night, and then at the end you get a lot of presents. Is that how it works? I mean, I think of it as so, the, well, the Jewish Christmas, basically. Well, that's the problem because it's not. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, I'm here's sure. the thing, because, you know, Christmas is a major holiday in Christianity, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Hanukkah in Judaism is a very minor festival at best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very small holiday, but its proximity to Christmas kind of uh, made it into a much bigger deal. I see. Okay. And uh, so, you know, it went from in Eastern Europe or other places where you uh, ate something fried and you had some candles and then maybe you played a few games and you gambled on your on – your, uh, on your dreidels, right? Which I'll explain what that was about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, they gamble on their dreidels, blah 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 blah, and they get you know a few coins, and that was it. Yeah. You know, so my grandfather came to this country, and he years later told me when I was a little boy that what are you talking? When I was a kid, we did nothing. And I looked at him like he had three heads because you know <laughs> I was used to like this 
orgy of presents uh, sure. that would arrive on my on my doorstep, which I miss getting now that I have to give them. And uh, so, anyway, what can I tell you? So, uh, well, it, it became a bigger and bigger deal, as uh, particularly in the states and in places where Jews um, had the freedom and the money to sort of uh, turn it into a bigger holiday. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was fun. You know, it's a fun holiday. There's no serious synagogue time involved. Oh, there's yeah. No, uh, there's no um, misery. There's just eating. <laughs> there's eating and gambling. I mean, how, how wrong can you go? And chocolate coins and things like that. So, oh, by the way, oh, the, uh, the dreidel thing came later. That was also in the Talmudic era. Uh-huh. Um, because students were not allowed to study Torah or learn Hebrew, they would, uh, while studying, they would just play with these tops. So the Roman soldiers would go by and go, oh, look, they're playing with tops. How cute. <laughs> so that's the story with that. I think it may even gone earlier too, but you know that's that's the best of my knowledge. What that's all about, and it's stuck. So it's it's still fun to play. Well, I I think we I kind of cut you off before we got to the part where it Hanukkah is the festival of lights. The the right. the oil kept burning. The small amount of oil for eight. Yes, the yeah. the 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 uh, small canister of oil that was supposed to last a day that lasted eight days. So yeah. in the ancient temple, they had what was called a menorah, which had seven branches, one mm-hmm. for each day of the week, and um, that was basically how they kept the calendar. Okay. So they you know they would know okay because on this day you have to do this and on that day you have to do that, and if they didn't have that, then how were they supposed to keep track? Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal to have this stuff. Uh, but if it had been opened and used in uh, idolatrous worship, then you couldn't use it. Yeah. It was no longer kosher. <laughs> right. Wow. Th- so yeah. I think we should get to some of the music of Hanukkah, which to Yeah, the there, is, there is the tune for uh, Hanukkah, which, oh. is, uh, which is really a hymn text that gets sung a bunch of different ways. Uh-huh. But most Americans, Jews, know it only with one melody. And it's called Ma'oz Tzor. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, I'll read you the translation here. Um, my rock, my strength, my rescuer, it is a delight to praise you. Repair, restore my house of prayer. There I will offer thanksgiving and sacrifice. When punishment overcomes villainous foes, I will chant again that ancient psalm. And dedicate anew your altar. And each of the subsequent verses actually talk about Jewish history, uh, from Egyptian bondage, uh, Babylonian exile, um, Persian exile, and then finally uh, victory over the Greeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so should... this is the this is the sort of sort the seriousy one. The... <laughs> All so, right. uh, but it, it's a lot of ways to sing it, but. Uh, uh, these this, these kids from uh, PS22 here in New York City do the best job ever. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they sing it with gusto and very good Hebrew, I may add. There you go. <laughs> Yes. I'd love to hear how the music of Hanukkah actually, um, you know, plays into your holidays, maybe personally or, or uh, you well, know. Well, it's, it's very common that after you light the, uh, the 
Hanukkah lights that you would sing that song. You'd sing, you'd sing the blessings first, of course, and then mm-hmm. afterwards you'd sing Maoz Tzor. Was mm-hmm. is a very typical traditional thing to do. Um, also, I mean, here there's more and more fun choral arrangements of these things, and uh, which is fun to hear. But also the tune itself, for me as a cantor, I will work that tune into uh, the Hanukkah service itself, mm-hmm. into the uh, into the worship service itself. Uh, like let's say uh, Sabbath of Hanukkah, I will find a way to f- to put in that tune. So mm-hmm. to, to to probably use it to death in, in the ears of my congregants, but. <laughs> You know, but I'll use it a lot because it's the tu- it's the tune of the day, right? Which is very typical to do, which is you sort of recycle whatever the big hit tune is, and you just use it all over the place. Yeah. So uh, I I brought along two other or one other version of Mautzor, no, two other versions of Mautzor, and one is uh, that was uh, an arrangement from three hundred years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, that was uh, uh, taken down in, in dictation by the Christian composer Benedetto Marcello mm-hmm. uh, when he went to visit synagogues in the Venetian ghetto. Um, he went and he heard this tune and he liked it so much that he went actually back and harmonized it. So that Maos Tzor is very nice. And then there I, I brought along another version of a Moroccan rabbi singing it, which is unrecognizable as being Maos Tzor other than the Hebrew. <laughs> so Let's... it's so musically so different. Yeah, let's hear let's hear um the the first one that you mentioned. Yes, Benedetto Marcello from uh, Venice. Okay. So you get the idea, obviously. Yeah. It's a, it's it's very it's very pretty. Uh, it's very different than uh, than the uh, usual traditional tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's interesting because Marcello, who was a Christian, decided to go visit uh, synagogues because he was going to write paraphrases of all the psalms, mm-hmm. and he felt that he wanted to do that. He wanted authentic Jewish tunes in them. Yeah. So he sat there with uh, in the visitors' gallery taking dictation. Yeah. So, yeah. which is pretty interesting, actually. I like the harmonies in that. It's, yeah, it's very pretty. It's interesting. Because it's such a modal piece, you know? Yeah. Well, um, let's hear shall the we, Shall Moroccan. we listen to our Moroccan? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeshua <laughs> So, you know, the thing is with this, if I were to play this for my congregants, mm-hmm. 
most of whom are, are nice Eastern European Jewish people like <laughs> myself, they would say, uh, you know, what is that Arab doing singing Mausur? And of course, I would say that's as Jewish as anything you sing. And they would say, well, how do you say that? And I said, because he's a Jewish person singing it. Mm-hmm. And it's he would, if you asked him, he'd say, what are you talking about? This is the way to sing Mausur. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a it's a very funny thing. You know, yeah. As people. The whole idea of Jewish music is it is what you associate with being Jewish music. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem. It's almost impossible to really define. So uh, what, that's what one of those it, things. Right. Yeah. yeah. What what is it? What makes it Jewish? I mean, what the notes had a bar mitzvah. I mean, it's impossible <laughs> to uh, to make a real definition. I mean, and it, it it provides for some very interesting classes when I've offered classes on what is Jewish music because. You know, Jewish music is pretty much what you think it is. Well, there are two distinct sort of branches of Judaism, aren't there? And they're sort of um, regionally based. Do I have that wrong? I may have it wrong. No, you are correct. I uh-huh. mean, in terms of uh, in terms of Ashkenazi versus Sephardic. Yes. So right. So there's 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 northern northeastern European, and then it sort of has a tendency to be split north. Northeastern European versus everybody else, okay. which is not really right. Uh-huh. Uh, it's more like Jews who came out of Germany originally and then migrated to Eastern Europe, yeah. and Jews from Spain who migrated into North Africa, mm-hmm. and then you have Jews in the Middle East who are from neither of those places. Right. So you know it's really much more uh, varied than that. Yeah, but it makes for a lot of interesting eating when you go to Israel. Though. <laughs> And it's got to produce some very different kinds of of music. Those are two, very different, very two very different. Cultures, yeah, and uh, it's kind of fun because it's all you know. I, I I like bringing it in and listening to it and going, okay, so what's Jewish and what's not? And everyone goes, oh, I don't know what to make of this music. I never heard this before. And I, maybe it's this. And I, I say, no, it's Jewish. Is there yeah. is there are there do the Sephardic and the Ashkenazi do, are there different belief systems or within those There branches, are different... Or? No, 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 no. The essential beliefs are exactly the same. Okay. Uh, are there differences in custom that had to do with being separated for the better part of 1,500 years? Yes. Okay. So uh, here's the biggie. This is the one that everybody knows. Ashkenazi Jews are not allowed to eat rice on Passover. Uh, That's it. What? That's the biggie. <laughs> yes. Ashkenazi Jews are not allowed to eat rice or legumes of any kind. Huh. Where Sephardim are like perfectly fine with eating them. Okay, and, and it where has does to that do come with, from? That has to do with a thousand years ago. Uh, rabbis in Poland or wherever uh, took a look at rice and they put it in water and it swelled in water. So they figured, oh, it must be like you know grain, and the same. They thought it must you know ferment in the same way that wheat does. Okay, so it's which uh, is a bad thing. Yeah, because you're not supposed to have any leavening on on. Uh, oh Passover. right, right. Okay, okay. That's where it it's comes supposed from. to be. You know, insufferable. Wallboard that we know as matzah, <laughs> which you know, and then everyone I know who's not Jewish always says to me, "Yeah, but I love matzah. I put butter on it." And I go, "Yeah, you eat it for eight days, and you tell me then what you think." Mmm, <laughs> cardboard. Well, mm, indigestion. Can you talk a little bit about sure. how the um, the two sort of branches, how their music is different? Sure. Um, The differences in the music have everything to do with um, where they lived. And um, Wagner always used to say, anti-Semitically, 
of course, that mm-hmm. uh, the Jews didn't have their own music, that they essentially adopted other people's music and then just did other people's stuff because they weren't original. <laughs> he was such a uh, sweet. What a doll. You know, I love him. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to take him out for a sandwich, knuckle sandwich. Right. Anyway, so um, he's not entirely wrong in that, you know, you have a diaspora that's lasted for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. It's a long time not to be home. Yeah. And over time, let's face it, you know, we move away to college and we develop different tastes and things. Sure. Think about that. You're away for four years and you come home, you're totally different than when you left high school. <laughs> right. Right? So, all right, try that 2,000 years and thousands of miles away from home and you have no home. Your home yeah. is no longer your home. So you develop, you listen to other stuff. And let's be honest with, you know, with each other about music. Good music is good music and bad music is bad music. Mm-hmm. So if you like what you hear, you copy it. Sure. Everybody does this. Absolutely. So uh, this was absolutely the truth. So this is what they heard all the time. So what they heard is what they started to, to sing. Right. Because no music grows out of, you know, you you don't There's just There's no such thing of, as a vacuum. Right, right. And, 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 you know. Well, see, but here's the thing. So I think like kosher cuisine, for example. Mm-hmm. It's really – it's kind of an interesting misnomer. I mean it's kosher something. Like it's the style of some type of food that's been – but you see with, with any Jewish culture, when you live in a diaspora community for thousands of years or a couple of thousand years anyway mm-hmm. uh, and you start to adopt things, you also make it your own. And you add your yeah. own slant on things and things start to change. So it doesn't just become a pale imitation of the original. It becomes its very own distinct thing. Right. That, that's what I mean. Like this is how new things get made. It's not like they just appear, you know, from nothing. They, they evolve from, from the things that are around them. You know, Absolutely. You, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very funny. I have a lot of Polish friends and we love to argue over, so is it Jewish or Polish? food-wise, because it's like so much of the same food. Uh-huh. So, you know, I'm like, well, I don't know. Is this this or this? And, then you know, we, we joke about it a lot. Uh, that could be a game show. Is, is it, it Jewish, Jewish or Polish? <laughs> Find out next week. Ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> that's great. There is one great secular piece on Hanukkah, really. Uh-huh. And, that, and of course, that's by uh, George Frederick Handel. Ah, yes. Uh, the great Baroque composer and... Uh, born the same year as Bach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually wrote a setting of uh, the Judah Maccabee story called Judas Maccabeus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I figured we'd hear a Jew sing it because uh, it's really, really, really good. There's a recording of Richard Tucker singing the aria Sound and Alarm. Mm-hmm. I think this is a live 1951 broadcast from uh, the Hollywood Bowl, actually. Oh, wow. And uh, it is stunning. Call the brave, call the brave, and the holy 
That boy yeah, can sing. Uh, that boy could sing indeed. <laughs> he started off as a synagogue cantor in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at not all. Not bad for a not bad for a nice Jewish boy from Borough Park. Is this something that you you guys would include in in a service at Shelter Rock? No, no. Our service is is so traditional that we would probably never sing in English. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's all Hebrew. No, that, that's just a great piece. I mm-hmm. mean, it's very exciting, and and Tucker, of course, is you know such a great tenor that it's uh, it's just marvelous to hear it because it's just such a ring and uh, trumpet like sound himself. So yeah. Was a, yeah, fabulous singer. So Handel was was busy scribbling oratorios in the last phase of his career because uh, his opera composing career was over. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 Italian opera in London had ceased to be popular. However, with oratorio, uh, he could take the show anywhere. Uh, they didn't have to stage it, and uh, it became quite financially successful. For him to take usually Old Testament subjects, with the uh, exception, of course, of Messiah uh, and a number of other oratorios. So he set a lot of these uh, Old Testament stories, um, and they were a huge hit for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Judas Maccabeus probably has the best number of hits uh, of any show outside of uh, outside of Messiah. There's a great uh, final Hallelujah, Amen chorus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a great, great tune, and uh, not not as great as uh, the great Hallelujah chorus, of course, from Messiah, but uh, a wonderful a wonderful tune and fun to sing. Yeah, it's and I think, Yeah, it's it's great, yeah. and uh, it's not terribly challenging for a high school choir to do. So many high school choirs perform it. Yeah, I dig it. So it's fun. I dig well, it too. <laughs> I also dig it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, tell us about some of the other music of Hanukkah. Like, I mean, like with Christmas music, I mean, you know, you're just bombarded with it all season. Uh, this year, starting at Halloween, I started. Uh, I found it three days before Halloween was the first time. Oh my! Lord, I heard that, this year, which that was is, scary. Oh, I, I I feel like like Thanksgiving is the forgotten holiday, you know. Like, no, I didn't forget it. I'm planning on eating a lot. Well, it's thanks. How is with it? latkes thanks- yet? Yes, because it's uh, Thanksgivingka, yep, or however. Thanksgivingka. Yeah. Thanksgivingka, definitely. In my house, it is. Yeah. How is that going to be different from your usual Hanukkah celebration? Uh, there'll be even more eating. <laughs> be even more. <laughs> so you know, it's uh, Jews are definitely people who know how to overeat. And uh, this this will be uh, truly spectacular overeating mm-hmm. because not only will it include massive amount of turkey and all the sides, but it will now include fried things in large quantities. <laughs> Which in my book, you can't possibly go wrong that way. No, but, you know, like, definitely a plus in my book. But it's not going to happen for another like 77,000 years or something like that. Well, you know, all the better that I should uh, stuff my turkey with uh, potato pancakes then, I think. 
Imagine Judah Maccabee sitting down to roast turkey, passing the potatoes to Squanto. And pilgrims in Jerusalem standing with Hasmoneans got to get this temple cleaned up pronto. Like applesauce and cranberries, turkey stuffed with fried luckies, it's clear that this is one heck of a mitzvah. Let's celebrate this great country, religious minorities, everybody loves Thanksgiving cards. I really think we should we should go to the dreidel song, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll Although it in. cracks me up. So I mean, this is a very typical um, like Hanukkah kids song, uh-huh. and um, in this particular arrangement from South Park, it's uh, rather brilliantly uh, punctuated with a whole bunch of different things. <laughs> but uh, it's a typical little song. Every little Jewish kid who ever went to you know a Hanukkah party knows this song. Okay, Ike, you're my little brother, so I have to show you how to celebrate Hanukkah. This is called a dreidel. You spin it and see where it lands, and you sing this song. I have a little dreidel, I made it out of clay. And when it's dry and ready, with dreidel I shall play. Oh, dreidel, 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 I made you out of clay. Dreidel, 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 with dreidel I shall play. Now you try it, Ike. Just spin it with I mean, that is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's... <laughs> And it cracks me up. I mean, because I've heard that song since I was like two. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, when you hear that song from the time you're knee high to a grasshopper and you hear this arrangement, it's pretty hilarious. Especially the Courtney Cox, I love you a bit. Right. <laughs> um, do you guys actually listen to this or is it this kind of like the, the, the Frosty the Snowman of... Of Hanukkah songs, definitely the yeah, frosty, okay. frosty the snowman kind of thing. It's really secular. I mean, just yeah. talking about you know you you, you you have a little dreidel. You made it. It's just a silly song about a dreidel, and and you play a dreidel with it, and you teach it to little kids, and then you get you know the the three year olds in nursery school to toddle out and go. I had a little dreidel. You know, it's very cute. <laughs> nice. Well, Cantor Benjamin Matas, thank you so much for being on the Classical Classroom all the way from Manhattan. All the way from Manhattan, I brave the elements. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. This was really fun. I now know 100% more about the music of Hanukkah than I did before the show started. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right th- I hope you have a very happy uh, Thanksgiving. And thank you, and a very happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas to you. All right, take care, Ben. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Listeners, if there's something that you would like to hear addressed on the Classical Classroom, please feel free to send me an email at dclay at classical917.org. If you want to hear past shows or see what's coming up, or listen to the current show, for that matter, go to classical917.org backslash classroom. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Happy holidays, let's give it a